Hello, I'm Daniel. This is my podcast, Sharpening the Mind. I am a meditation teacher and also a labor activist in Kansas City, Missouri. I teach classes in meditation and Buddhism at the Rime Buddhist Center, as well as a few other places. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Hello, I'm going to give a talk from the Dhammapada, the sayings of the Buddha today. And this is on the chapter that's called Flowers. Flowers. Okay, so I'm going to read from the text and then do my own commentary throughout. Flowers. Who will master this world and the realms of Yama and the gods? Who will select a well-taught Dharma teaching as a skilled person selects a flower? One in training will master this world and the realms of Yama and the gods. One in training will select a well-taught Dharma teaching as a skilled person selects a flower. So, the realms of Yama and the gods, what are those? Um, Yama is like a personification of death. So if you picture the Grim Reaper, that's close enough, okay? So the gods, that's like what we want to think of as boundless pleasure. A world, we could think of this as heaven and hell, I guess. And so it's to say, you're going to master these realms. This path is empowering. This path is empowering. That's what is being conveyed here we are the shapers of our own destiny and so i'm reminded of this zen story um this samurai goes to a zen monk and he says hey show me the meaning of heaven and hell and the monk says oh you're you're lazy and worthless you're not a real samurai and the samurai raises his sword and yells and is going to kill the monk and the monk said, this is hell. And then the samurai, like, he stops at the last minute and he drops his sword and he feels really bad and weird. And the monk says, this is heaven. So that's that's what I think of here. We don't have to take this 100% literally and think, oh, if I, you know, if I really succeed at this path, then life and death aren't going to affect me. There's more language like this in the text later, and just we need to keep in mind, not being mastered by death, not being mastered by death does not mean you will not die, but it does mean that you may be able to die with some dignity and not be filled with terror at the end of your life. We may be able to face death courageously. And that's uh, that's something we should want to do, right? So, select a teaching as a skilled person selects a flower. And that's just, man, we got to find the teachings and practices that we need. And to do those, okay? Knowing this body is like foam, fully awake to its mirage-like nature, cutting off Mara's flowers, one goes unseen by the king of death. Death sweeps away the person obsessed with gathering flowers as a great flood sweeps away a sleeping village. The person obsessed with gathering flowers, insatiable for sense pleasures, is under the sway of death.
So, wow, right? So flowers, what are flowers? We've already just experienced the metaphor of flowers as sacred teachings, but now we're experiencing the metaphor of flowers as sense pleasures, as the things we chase after all the time. So, if we are obsessed with our own sense pleasures, then we will not have a lot of equanimity at death because these pleasures and possessions you've collected and even experiences you've had, well, as you're dying, then you start to think about leaving all that behind, right? And then we can think, oh, I spent all these time collecting this, all this time collecting these things, and ultimately, it's not going with you. And so, in that way, death, it, under the sway of death, doesn't necessarily mean whether you're going to live or die, but more so, does death devastate you? Does death devastate you? Can we handle it in a way where we're not going to fall apart when our time comes? And if we spend all our time just giving in to all our urges and just not resisting temptation and, and not being virtuous people, then we may have a harder time at the time of our death. Maybe, just maybe... If at the end of our lives, if we can look back and say, you know, I spread love. I worked to make this world a better place. I appreciated the good things in my life. I didn't get let myself get torn down by ultimately things that didn't matter. If we can reflect on our lives and think that way, then maybe death isn't so scary. Maybe death isn't so scary if we lived well. Whereas if we've made lots of bad decisions, we have lots of regrets and we've, you know, pushed people down to get ahead or betrayed people for our own selfish wishes or whatever, then those regrets are going to weigh us down when we are having a health crisis or passing away, right? It would be good to pass away with no regrets. And so our mind training, our meditation practice is going to help us make better decisions and cultivate some wisdom so that maybe we don't have so many regrets at the time of our passing and throughout our lives, really, because it's not like there's just one moment at the end where you have regrets, right? It's just that that moment is when changing anything is probably not going to happen, right? But throughout our lives, we have regrets, of course. Okay, moving on. As a bee gathers nectar and moves on without harming the flower, its color, or its fragrance, just so should a sage walk through a village. So, I'm sort of thinking of this in terms of environmentalism and carbon footprints and things, but of course the Buddha wasn't thinking of that. He was just thinking, go through life and don't make enemies out of everything all the time. You know, just, just move through the world and stop... Stop trying to get all the attention and stop making enemies out of everything. Stop trying to take. 
but rather just move through the world gently if we can. Do not consider the faults of others of what they have or haven't done. Consider rather what you yourself have or haven't done. I like that a lot. So it's sort of like that. Um, don't compare yourself to how other people are doing. Compare yourself to how you did before to determine that you're getting better at something. You know, I whatever that quote is, I butchered it. But that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about compare yourself to yourself and think about what you need to do and don't let yourself get obsessed with what other people need to do. Obviously, if someone's directly harming you, well, that's something. That's something different. That's not what we're talking about here, though. We are talking about that feeling of, man, I'm working so hard at work, and the person that sits next to me, they are lazy, and they're doing nothing, and I don't know how they're getting away with it, and I'm so mad at them. I'm so mad at them. All right, it's looking in the other person's food bowl to see if they got more food than you, right? And that kind of comparison, one, you don't know all of someone's story, but two, that kind of comparison does not serve you. It does not because uh, that old adage, the grass is greener on the other side, that's true, man. Everyone is fighting a hard battle. Everyone. We're all suffering and we're all struggling. We're all seeing the people we love pass away. We're all getting sick, passing away ourselves, and we're all losing things we care about. We're all not accomplishing all of our goals. And we all have that in common. We all share that. So that's something for us to reflect on. We all share that. So we should not obsess about the faults of other people, but rather just try to lift ourselves up. Make ourselves better. That's a way more meaningful way to live your life than than tearing down others, looking down on others, spending a lot of time thinking about their faults. We sometimes like to do that because it makes us feel better about ourselves, but that's ephemeral. The only way to really feel better about yourself is to be better, not compare yourself to people that you think are less than you. That doesn't really do it. That doesn't really, it might do it for a minute, but it doesn't, really do it. It's not meaningful. But if you can improve yourself to feel good about yourself, well, that's really good, right? So. Like a beautiful flower, brightly colored but lacking scent, so are well-spoken words fruitless when not carried out. Like a beautiful flower, brightly colored and with scent, So are well-spoken words fruitful when carried out. So he's describing in the metaphor, the beautiful flower is the words and then the scent is the action. So what we want to do is practice meditation, live a spiritual life, train our minds, cultivate virtue, train in wisdom. We want to do those things. But what we want to be careful to avoid doing, I think the Buddha is warning us against talking about it all the time. That is, 
we want to like that old that cliche talk the talk walk the walk right we want to make sure we're actually doing the practices not just studying meditation not just reading about buddhism or mind training or whatever but rather that we're actually trying to put it into practice trying to put it into practice hopefully we are actually doing our meditation practice more than we're talking about it reading about it listening to things about it that's the that's the wish that the buddha has for us is that we're trying to walk the walk not just talk about it anyone can be a philosopher anyone can have an interest in buddhism and talk about it and even say really good things about it maybe but that's not what we're here for we're here to try to transform our lives and so we want to keep that in mind this isn't about learning really and it isn't about having something interesting to talk about this is about doing this is about transforming your life and i think sometimes we don't think of it that way and we need to because thinking about it as transforming our lives motivates and inspires us right Just as from a heap of flowers many garlands can be made, so you, with your mortal life, should do many skillful things. So now the metaphor has shifted and the flowers are us. And the Buddha is sort of telling us, like, you have a lot of potential. You can do a lot of things. Don't be so self-limiting. That's a, that's a good message. That's a big message, you know. Some people think Buddhism is really negative, and I, I see messages like this, like, well, no, you can do a lot of things, right? You can do things. Figure out what you want and make it happen. The scent of flowers, sandalwood, jasmine, and rose bay, doesn't go against the wind. But the scent of a virtuous person does travel against the wind. It spreads in all directions. The scent of virtue is unsurpassed, even by sandalwood, rose bay, water lily, and jasmine. Slight is the scent of rose bay or sandalwood, but the scent of the virtuous is supreme, drifting even to the gods. So, here's that metaphor again. Only now the scent, the scent is virtue or lack of virtue. That is, you have. In this metaphor, I'm going to get lost here. Scent is virtue or lack, of, lack thereof, right? And the scent of a virtuous person is unsurpassed, but it also goes against the wind. Goes against the wind and travels in all directions. So this is another sort of empowering statement. It's saying, if you do good works, if you cultivate virtue in your life, this will have a rippling effect. This will have a rippling effect. This will spread in all directions. This is not a minor thing to cultivate virtue in your life. Rather, we are working to make this world a better place, not just for ourselves, but in all directions, all around us. So if we can really be diligent in our, in our cultivating virtue, then we can change the world. We can change the world. That's so empowering. Mara does not find the path of those endowed with virtue, 
living with vigilance and freed by right understanding. As a sweet-smelling lotus pleasant to the heart may grow in a heap of rubbish discarded along the highway, so a disciple of this fully awakened one shines with wisdom amid the rubbish heap of blind common people. Okay, so if we cultivate virtue and live with vigilance, then we are not going to be so held back by our um, obsession with self-pleasure, our ill will toward others, our emotional baggage, all these things, the things that hold us back from making the best decisions, we're not going to be held back by those if we live with vigilance and we've trained in virtue. That's, that's the message here. And then just as a sweet-smelling lotus can grow in rubbish, so can we. That is, um, I've heard, live in hate, live in love even among those who hate. Live in wisdom even among the unwise. And that's just saying, it doesn't matter where you are, you can be a light. You can be a light. You can train in these things even if you live in a place where no one else is trying to be mindful, you can train in these things and you can make a difference. So that's still more empowerment. You can make a difference. So I'm going to end it there. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me and I hope this talk has been helpful. Thank you for listening and have a good day.